You're listening to the Quince podcast. The initial disengagement talks between India and China ended in bloody clashes and the deaths of 20 Indian soldiers. The second attempt led to new PLA encroachments and now a third try is showing the first signs of reduction of the biggest standoff between the countries since 1962 along the LAC. On 6 July, troops of both the armies stepped back 1 to 2 kilometers from where they had clashed on 15 June at the Galvan Valley. All tents have also been packed up and troops and materials have been taken back in vehicles. But the MEA and the Chinese foreign ministry statements seem to have conflicting tones. In an official statement the MEA said that both sides have agreed to ensure complete disengagement and de-escalation from the India-China border areas for full restoration of peace and tranquility. While the Chinese foreign ministry also put out a similar statement it did so without any mention of de-escalation. Rather it asserted its sovereignty over the Galvan Valley. So is the tense military standoff along the Himalayan border finally diffusing? And what do we make of New Delhi and Beijing's contrasting statements? You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Shorbury. The one-kilometer withdrawal at Ladakh's Kalwan Valley came after special representatives of India and China held a telephonic conversation on the recent developments at the LAC on 5th July, and the two sides decided to complete the disengagement process expeditiously. According to the MEA, the National Security Advisor of India, Ajit Doval, and the State Councillor and Minister of Foreign Affairs of China had a quote-unquote frank and in-depth exchange of views on the recent developments and agreed to take quote-unquote guidance from the consensus of leaders and not allow differences to become disputes. And so the first steps of disengagement were taken. The Chinese military pulled back the dismantled their tents and structures in two other contested zones, Hot Springs and Gogra. Indian army also stepped back by roughly 1.5 kilometers a buffer zone of around 3 to 4 kilometers was also agreed upon at the border but while china is moving away from the points that it had intruded on some reports said that for the indian troops it means that some of its traditional patrolling points such as points 14 15 and 17 would be off limits now A report on the Indian Express also quoted an officer saying that at the Galvan Valley the buffer zone is expected to lie on the Indian side of the LAC which will keep the Indian soldiers to the west of the Shiok River while the Chinese soldiers will be to the east of the LAC. Although a report on India Today also suggested that the Indian army will resume patrolling up to Galvan's patrol point 14 which was the site of the bloody clash once all disengagement phases are completed. So then did India lose ground in any manner at the LAC? Manoj Keval Ramani, a fellow of China studies at the Takshashila Institution says it's too early to surmise that, but the focus should be on losing out on conflict. Look, I mean some of these reports that we are getting of this disengagement, it's all really murky at the moment. I mean we are getting some reports which talk to which inform us that was troops on both sides are going to step back uh, a kilometer and a half or 2 kilometers and that's going there's going to be a buffer zone um i don't think uh, we should be quick to judgment on any of this these are ongoing processes this is these are delicate and sensitive issues and i don't think it's right for any one of us to be extremely quick to judgment saying india has lost out or china has lost out or any of that 
I think these are complex processes. We know that this disengagement process has to happen uh, at multiple levels in different locations. Um, and I think we should wait to see how this plays out before we start talking about losing and gaining. What both sides lose out on the most is conflict. Um, and that, avoiding that by without sort of giving up on your fundamental territorial claims is important. Uh, but I think we should wait to see how this plays out rather than passing judgment at the moment saying that uh, India has lost out or China has lost out uh, and how this buffer zone policy is going to impact uh, the future. I think we should just hang on for some time. Uh, anyway, reports on the ground have been extremely, extremely difficult to come by. Uh, and I think it's important to just wait and see how this develops rather than jump into conclusions. So that's the situation on ground. But coming back to the press releases from both the governments, a closer look at them shows very contradictory tones. The MEA statement, while making no mention of Galvan Valley, said that the countries, and I'm quoting the statement, quote, agreed that it was necessary to ensure, at the earliest, the complete disengagement of the troops along the LAC and de-escalation from India-China border areas for full restoration of peace and tranquility, end quote. And the statement also said, quote, they further agreed that both sides should complete the ongoing disengagement process along the LAC expeditiously. End quote. But the Chinese press release bears a very different sentiment. While it doesn't even mention the word de-escalation, it says, and I'm quoting it, quote, the right and the wrong of what recently happened at the Galvan Valley in the western sector of India-China boundary is very clear. China will continue firmly safeguarding our territorial sovereignty. End quote. A tweet by Brahmchalani, who is a professor of strategic studies at the Centre of Policy Research, further points out that missing from China's statement is India's assertion that both sides agree to strictly respect and observe the line of actual control and not take any unilateral action to alter the status quo. Neither does the statement show any urgency of making the process of disengagement quote-unquote expeditiously or quote-unquote at the earliest. So then what do we make of all the differences in these statements? Manu Joshi, a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation, says that China's statement indicates that there's still some distance to go with disengagement between the countries. I think these statements make it very clear that we have still some distance to go for uh, a real disengagement and beyond the disengagement, uh, some kind of a status quo ante. Uh, the Chinese claim to the entire Galvan Valley is very new uh, because their 1960 uh, coordinates uh, are well behind the Galwan estuary, which they are now uh, claiming. If China has been asserting its sovereignty over Galvan Valley, India has been avoiding any insistence on restoring the status quo ante at the LEC while sending covert messages to the Chinese with stern words and app bans, sometimes without even mentioning China. And Mr. Keval Ramani says that while the Chinese statement reiterates its claim over Galvan Valley, which it had maintained throughout the standoff, it also tries to bring the focus back on reorienting the Indo-China ties towards development a pitch that was derailed in the brewing tensions. Chinese side statement talks about reorienting the India-China relationship towards uh, development. Um, and that's obviously uh, a narrative that's been completely derailed over the last uh, month and a half, but also over the past six months, ever since the pandemic sort of grew uh, after the initial lockdowns in Wuhan and subsequently through the world. 
I think that narrative of development has vanished between India and China, and the Chinese side want to focus on that. Um, they also talk about uh, uh, asking the Indian government uh, to manage the public uh, opinion in the country. And I think this is a recognition of the fact that Indian public opinion, broader public opinion, has grown extremely hostile, uh, not just in the last month and a half, uh, but again, throughout the pandemic, you've seen Indian public opinion being extremely hostile with China. And this is a recognition from, from Beijing's side that this is an irritant that they want to see addressed in the relationship. Um, the last sort of big thing is that the, the Chinese side also talks about, um, you know, the fact that India-China relationship are going through, quote unquote, a complex situation. And these are the kind of things that they would see uh, or they would want in the Indian government to look at. Um, so that differences don't end up becoming disputes. So they're looking at it far more holistically in their statement, apart from the sort of uh, reiteration of the claim towards uh, on the Galvan Valley. Uh, they're looking at the border issue as one component. They're looking at the economic issue and the developmental partnership uh, between the two sides as the other issue. This has gotten derailed. They're looking at uh, public opinion in India, which they see as deeply problematic. Um, and they're looking at the broader sort of strategic relationship and saying, look, this judgment that we had that neither of us should take each, take each other to be a fundamental threat has altered. Uh, and that's not going to be good for the relationship going forward. Now, another thing that's been happening on social media is that despite the disengagement at the border and old newspaper clipping from July 15, 1962, showing the headline, quote-unquote, Chinese troops withdraw from Galvan Post, has been going viral. Why is that? Well, because Galvan Valley has been on the Chinese radar before. And it was also the triggering point for the Sino-Indian War. Barely three months after drawing back its troops in the year 1962, on October 20, Galvan Valley was invaded by the advancing PLA, leading to the death of 36 Indian soldiers. And that was the trigger for the war that followed. Many have compared the current situation with 1962 for obvious reasons, and history bears heavy on India and China's territorial clashes. But is there a lesson for India from that event here? Local commanders have already verified the disengagement at the border, but Mr. Keval Romani says that India still needs to be on its guard until it's satisfied with the disengagement. It's for some measure that uh, when India and China, sort of the leaders of the two countries meet, they talk about also historical distrust and mistrust that has endured. And I think history bears a very, very heavy sort of, uh, casts a very heavy sh shadow on the relationship. So I think uh, it's important for uh, the Indian side to be extremely cautious, particularly given how things unfolded in 1962. Um, and it was in July 1962 that you saw the disengagement and Galvan also. Um, and the fact that, you know, this sense of perfidy, uh, you know, Chinese perfidy uh, and sort of not honoring commitments on the border is so deeply ingrained, this sort of uh, sense of how the Chinese behaved in 1962, that I think it's important for the Indian government to keep in mind that, uh, you know, a repeat of that nature will no longer be acceptable. Uh, it's important that we need to learn those lessons from the history and uh, actually make sure that any of this process of disengagement and de-escalation uh, is verified. And at the moment, from what we understand, there is a verification process that is underway that is being done with satellite imagery, that is being done with uh, surveillance drones at the moment. Um, subsequently, I'm certain that there will be also physical verification that will take place about the agreed upon terms of de-escalation. Um, and I think that's the process to go. Until then, it's really not feasible uh, for India to sort of let its guard down militarily. 
um, we need to be extremely careful. This will be a long process. Um, and 1962, yes, serves as a cautionary tale. Um, there's a no point of time we should be anticipating that, uh, you know, things have taken place. We should we have more tools, more equipment today uh, to observe what's happening on the ground. And I think we are already making use of some of these and we should continue to make use of these to make sure that the entire de-escalation process is verified. And even after that takes place, it is important to keep in mind that this particular exchange over the last month and a half, how serious in nature it was, how complex it is uh, in terms of uh, understanding where the LAC lies, where perceptions lie on both sides, and what is acceptable behavior. And some of those mechanisms that we've had have sort of withered down. So it's important to keep in mind that even when, if and when we see complete de-escalation uh, and complete disengagement in terms of what's happened currently at the points of friction, it is important to make it keep in mind that uh, this will be a process that can regenerate. You can end up having again flashpoints. Uh, you can end up having again certain incidents which will lead to tensions between the two sides. And given capacity enhancements on both sides, it is more or less likely to happen more frequently uh, than less. So uh, it's always important for us to be on the guard in that sense on the border. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.